When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland, firing it down, and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the last. He gets loose, and Bergeron scores. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for episode 9 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the legendary Chief Johnny Busick edition. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and joining me once again is my co-host, Derek DeVecchio. What's up, Derek? How much, man? How are you? Uh, good. I mean, it's cr- crappy out. You got any snow down in Braintree? A little bit. I'm actually in Kingston right now, but yeah, we got a pretty good amount down here. Yeah, we got... Uh, it's It's accumulating on the on the grass but nothing on the road yet but regardless it's crap i'm tired of it i'm ready for spring i'm sure you're not the only one right i'm not i'm not going to say i'm ready for golf season because i would be put on the gallows when it comes to bruins fans and bruins nation when they talk about the recent success of the bruins so let's dive right into that huh I got good. I got my coffee. I got my uh, prescription medication, and uh, a alcoholic beverage ready to go for this podcast. There we go. I'm just kidding. I don't do that shit. Um, no, it's it's just it's just been frustrating to say the least. Uh, last week's uh, two to one loss to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, no excuses. I. I don't have anything for that game at all. That was a must-win. Yeah, wasted effort. Actually, lack thereof. There wasn't much effort in that game. They, uh, you know, definitely uh, this year's team is bipolar. Bipolar, cardiac Bruins. It's a roller coaster season, and um, 
it's uh it's one that's mirroring mirroring um the efforts of last year yeah you know waking up this morning and being a point out of the playoffs in ninth place that uh you know definitely uh could trend that way i mean these next couple of games are going to be must win yeah, I'm looking at these uh, the standings right now, and after 78 games, the Bruins are 41, 29, and 8 with 90 points. And like you said, they are out of the playoff picture. Um, with Detroit's win last night over Toronto, they took over. They flip-flopped positions. So... Uh, on Friday night... The Bruins beat a very talented uh, St. Louis Blues team, uh, six to five, and I honestly have to say I wasn't impressed with that. I mean, I'll take the two points because it's 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 a um, stepping stone moving forward. You know, just to get somewhere in the playoff picture, but that win was just ugly it was i mean you no know, we had to go with five defensemen the rest of the game with miller getting hurt early on and you know like you said earlier after i said that the other day you know no excuses and i agree i mean now it's all about results from this point on and uh you know they were lucky to escape st louis with those two points i thought that uh they were gonna just totally collapse and luckily a power play helped us win that game yeah, they've been pretty dormant for a while, so it was good to see. Yeah, that's a good positive out of something that was, you know, a little bit lackluster in my opinion. Um, yeah, and you know the Miller injury—that's that was unfortunate. I, I never want to talk about or you know make fun of anybody that gets injured, but um, you know when somebody gets injured, you, 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 there's other guys on that team that need to step it up. Agreed. And uh, a lot of those guys, that, from my opinion, from watching the game, uh, a lot of those uh, plays, uh, the St. Louis goals, uh, Bruins defense, just standing around, deer with you know headlights in their eyes, uh, just did not know what to do. They looked like they were, you know, just lost. Agreed, you know, and against a team like St. Louis, you know, you don't want to be running around your zone with like a chicken with its head cut off. I mean, and they've done that many times this season, you know. Um, like I said, luckily it was ugly. They did walk out with those two points, but again, they, they can't do that every game and expect to win. Uh, certainly not, and and uh, this week's opponents, and we're coming down to the stretch. Uh, there's four games left. Um, we got Chicago at 12.30 this afternoon. Uh, Carolina at 7 on Tuesday at home. Yeah. Uh, Detroit on Thursday at 7 p.m. at home. And to end the season is a Saturday afternoon game against Ottawa at home. So I'm, there's, there's a Chicago game today, which is in Chicago, which is not going to be an easy task. And I and I know I've been talking to a lot of people about this, and and you know I'm saying that it's it's not going to be easy. But then they, you know, the positive, the positive Bruins fans are fall, you know, fire back with, 
you know, Duncan Keats out, Corey Crawford's out, and Marion Hose is out. So, you know, the team can be exposed, but, we, you know, we've also seen a Bruins team lose against teams like Buffalo and Edmonton and, you know, other teams this season that they needed to win those games, and they failed to do so. I'm not saying that the Bruins are right out of the gate are going to lose. I'm just saying it's going to be a tough test. And, you know, the points that they left on the table the past couple of weeks, unfortunately, uh, they put themselves in this position. Oh, I know. It's awful. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't help with our situation either. Like you, you mentioned, Kevin Miller, he's out with a lower body injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard any news on his return. Uh, Brent Conley just found out that he's got a knee injury. Yeah. I know he took a, a little spill in the, uh, was it the New Jersey game? I believe so. And Dennis Seidenberg is out with an undisclosed injury. Um, so, I mean, it, it doesn't look good to me. I, I, I just, you know, the next four, I mean, these are all must win. You lose one of these games, and, and it's potentially out for a second year in a row. Well, again, you know... I know people are going to talk about the injuries for Chicago, but that's a team with a lot of depth, so that's not an easy win there at all. Oh, scary um, team. Scary. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, they're a perennial contender. They've been there. They've won three out of the last five cups. They know how to get it going. So, you know, anything less than 60 minutes of effort today, uh, it, it could get ugly quick. You know, Carolina, I mean, that's a game where the guys there, they know they're not going to the playoffs. They're playing for jobs. Again, that's a game that you have to win. Detroit on Thursday, I mean, that's that could be the season right there. That could be season-defining game. Winner goes to the playoffs, loser doesn't. So that's a big game. And then Ottawa, well, I mean, depending on where we're at, hopefully we're in the playoff structure at that point. And, you, know, you can rest a couple of guys, and the game won't mean all that much. But again, it's a tough week, and you can't leave uh, points on the table. You get a team down going into the third period, throw the wet blanket down, typical Bruins, you know, protect the lead, and, you know, let's get these points. We need as many as possible. I I absolutely agree, and I'm, I'm totally on board with what you said. And, you know, and but this stat sucks. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to put the, I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer of, of, uh, of this podcast or to anybody that's listening, but... I'm sorry, but this sub-500 home record doesn't sit well with me with three of the last four at home. Agreed. Agreed. You know, Half to win home. You know, these... Unfortunately, you know, there's it, nothing you can do about it. Nothing fans can do about it. Nothing players can do about it. But like you said earlier, uh, this is... I mean, these are the games you come down to and it's like, oh, man, you know, those games in the past you should have won... And then you could lose the next four and still be in the playoffs. Right. So it's just, to me, it's just frustrating. But I'm not going to, you know, exit stage left and, you know, jump in line with the, 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 the bandwagon jumpers either. But um, I, I just look forward to seeing what's going to happen. And, and then you know, I'm sitting around last night and I'm saying to myself, man, you know, if we're depending on Toronto to win for us just to get in. Is, isn't that awful? 
Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And, 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 you know, Toronto's had their own problems, but, you know, they, they've been playing good as of late with the, the, the recent call-ups of the some really young depth players in that organization. But, you know, they, are, they can play a huge spoiler, but they didn't do it last night against Detroit. Oh, they didn't. You know, I guess uh, I guess Sweeney didn't pay them enough. <laughs> oh, boy. So, um, uh, I don't know where to go with this, but I, 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 I don't know. I'm kind of tongue-tied. It's, it's such an important game today. I hope they come out and play. Um, I don't know what the scenario is going to be. I haven't really looked online on who's. Uh, are they going to address 7D, run with 11 forwards? Um, or have you heard any call-ups at all? I haven't up until this point. I think that, um, you know, obviously they've been had seven healthy defensemen up until the last game. Right. So unfortunately, you know, I think – Zach Trotman will probably end up in the lineup today. It's kind of horrible. Yeah. Keep him on the third pairing, and <laughs> when it matters, leave him on the bench. Right. You know, but unfortunately, that's what we're looking at here. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that. And you and 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 that's why one of the reasons why I love having you uh, a part of this is because you always remind me of the stuff that I forget. But um, I, I, I constant reminder of the um the number of call-ups after the trade deadline, which is four. Am I correct? Correct. I think we have two left, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, 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 okay. All right. I thought that the call-ups of um, uh, Zarnik and uh, Vetrano would use two of them, right? So we do have two more? Yeah, because I think Zarnik was an emergency call-up, and I don't emergency call-ups don't count. Oh, I see. I see. So, so I wonder, and you know, we're not perfect at this, and we we make mistakes too. So, um, is it you? It, all right. So if it's if it's an emergency call up, right, it doesn't count. Correct. But as soon as you get into a game, it counts. I believe so. Okay. All right. Thank you, bud. So, um, yeah. So I mean. Back again, Bruins got to win the next four games. Uh, no question, uh, no excuses. You want the playoffs, you play like a playoff team. Agreed. Um, and, and that's it for me. Um, I'm, I will definitely be ready for 1230. I will probably be intoxicated <laughs> and ready to rock and roll. And if they lose, I'll still have a smile on my face because I'll be comfortably numb. Yeah. But... No excuses. Show up today. Do it for your fans. And, uh, you know, complete the goal that you set for on October 8th when they, you know, played Winnipeg Jets. The goal was to make the playoffs. Make it happen. Agreed. And, you know, luckily we got one more game left than Detroit does. They have three, we have four, so. Oh, yeah. How does, it, how does the game in hands work in in this situation? I'm, I'm, I'm a little behind. I'm sorry. Uh, well, that's basically one of the tiebreakers. Um, so if you have the same amount of points, then we have the opportunity to get such and such amount of points. Whereas them, with the amount of games that they have left, have, you know, such yeah. and such amount of points that they can get. So, um, 
Yeah, that's one of those crazy stats. I mean, you know, you don't see that in other sports, the game in hand. It's only hockey. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So let's get away from um, the, the Bruins for right now. And I, I, I really want to pick up on a subject that was uh, really brought up last week. Uh, and that's um, a hometown kid, Jimmy Vasey. Oh, yeah. Um, what an interesting situation that is. The St. I'm sorry, the St. Louis Blues. Um, the Nashville Predators really, I mean, there was a real close relationship. Have you read anything about this? I have. All right, there was a real close relationship since he was drafted. And the St. Louis, uh, wow, I keep saying St. Louis Blues. Um, the Nashville Predators, after they drafted him, they they really wanted to get him on board by signing him. Right. And I believe, and, and I know it's because I've, I've read up on it and, you know, all the, you know, the, uh, the, the real good writers uh, that uh, are definitely higher in the pay grade um, explained to me that by, by him not saying that he'll sign earlier in his collegiate career at Harvard, that he, this is a possibility that when it comes down to his senior year, there's the, that loophole that he can escape out of his so and so called air quote obligation. Yes. So, what do you think about that? I mean, I mean, if it's if it's in favor of him signing with the Bruins on August fifteenth, I'm all for it. You know, I'm not going to complain. The kid's the leading goal scorer in the NCAA, I believe. But on the other hand, it's like, wow. I mean, we don't really swear or do anything like that. So, I mean, what a crotch punch. Yeah. Yeah. What do you you think, bud? Well, there's been a lot of he said, he said stuff going on. uh, Supposedly, up until the trading deadline, they were under the impression that he was going to sign with Nashville. And uh, obviously, he chose to go free agency. And Nashville's upset because they said, well, if we knew earlier that they he would, wasn't going to sign here, they would have made a move. They would have traded him. Yeah, they would have made a move. You know, so there's a lot of that going on. It's one of those loopholes in the CBA that I'm sure that after this whole situation you know unfold that they'll probably take a look at i would assume but uh you know the same thing happened with blake wheeler with the bruins i mean he chose not to sign with phoenix and came here yeah and and wasn't it um was it kevin hayes of the rangers too yeah from the blackhawks he he didn't want to sign with chicago and thought he would have a better chance of you know getting in the lineup with the rangers so he chose to sign there instead and spur on us in the process Right. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, we got his brother. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, going back on the on that whole situation, uh, it's just, I, as I read and as I, um, I listen to uh, so many podcasts about it, yeah. um, you know, I mean, Steve Nichol was with this kid. 
for a majority of this season. I mean, working with him outside of uh, his BU obligation. Yeah. Uh, did I, he doesn't play for BU? Harvard. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, miles away. You know, I could have said St. Louis and Nashville, and that's you know, <laughs> Jesus, I'm on a roll this morning. <laughs> um, but you know that 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 commitment to me. Um, you know, I mean, it's not a commitment in signing. It's a commitment as a good faith. Yeah. But, I mean, the team was just with him up to the end, and then, bam, expose the crotch and, you know, give me that punch. Yeah. I mean, there's been whispers that I've heard this week about, you know, his lifelong dream was to sign with the Bruins. He's always wanted to be a Bruin. He's been a Bruins fan, gone to the games and whatnot, and, you know, um, Still, though, you know, hang Nashville out to dry that way. I know that under the CBA, that's his right. I know that's one of those, like I said earlier, one of those loopholes. But, you know, at the same time, that's that's hard. And I feel bad for Nashville. I mean, and you know, the other thing I don't understand is why is he so against playing there? I mean, if you look at that team, they're a young team. They got good structure. You really do. I you mean, know, that's a great coach. Yeah, I mean, they got they got good structure. They got an increased depth, uh, especially at defense. If you look at their um, their minor system, I was looking at it last night, and uh, you know, it's impressive. The stuff that's probably they, why they let Seth Jones go. Exactly. You know, they made him expendable. You know, you free up some cap space, but not only that, um, you know. By keeping Seth Jones, you might hinder the uh, increased development and forward progress of somebody in the in the development system that's you know on its way up. Yeah. And and for me, I I I know when you know we're going off track here, but to me that's the Brett Conley, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, one of Sweeney's dumbass resigns. And I hope uh, him being a free agent this year, they don't make the same mistake twice. Luckily, it was only that was only a one-year deal. I know, but still, you you know what you're doing. You're hindering the the future development and forward process of a player like Seth Griffith. Right. And uh, and and I I saw that I was thinking the same thing I just said over the summer. Like, what are you doing? I mean, this kid this kid's ready. He, Seth is ready to play in the NHL, and right. this this was his year to play in the NHL for him to get exposed, and and and, and the Bruins to see what he can do at at the ultimate level, because what are they going to do with him when they have to resign him on July first? But see, the thing here with Griffith is he only played so many games last year with the big club, and he didn't play that much this year. So I'm thinking that they were pretty much protecting his entry-level contract. I'm not sure that he's burnt any time off of that right now because he's been spent a majority of the time down in the AHL. Yeah, so I, kind I, of in a way he's been able to develop. But come this fall, he'll probably have a leg up and, you know, hopefully three more years of that entry-level contract to go through. I, I should have remembered this, but and I, I wrote an article about it. That's why I should have remembered it. But it was way back in September, late September, early October, but uh, Griffith was injured, so uh, I'm not sure about the injury. 
But um, I think that that may have pressured uh, Sweeney into re-signing Conley. Unfortunately, I'm you know I'm sorry to say, but you know that might have been an issue, a factor. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, going going back to that I, the Jimmy Vasey thing, um, you know I I I understand as you mentioned the Boston ties, his love for the Boston Bruins as a kid and so on. But you know, if you if you look just a little north to the border, um, in Toronto, uh, his father has a pretty uh, decent job in the uh, Maple Leaf system, I believe. Yeah, he's a scout. So, um, what do you think? I, I mean, everything is legal beagle. As of right now, every all the proceedings that have happened with the Vasey and Predators uh, team. Are all legal right so nothing is happening there's no investigation but what do you think will happen on August 15th if he does sign with either Boston or Toronto would do you think that would prompt a, an investigation on tampering very possible very I, possible um, you know, again, Jim Poole, he's, he's a great GM. Um, I'm not too sure what he would do. I mean, would he end up with a draft pick because of that? I believe so. Perhaps, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely I wouldn't be shocked if uh, they were questioning tampering. And uh, you know, that's going to be sticky because... You know, the minute that he signs in August, I mean, we're, what, two weeks before training camp, and now whatever team signs him is going to have to deal with this drama that's going to go with it. So that kind of stinks. But, uh, again, I think, if anything, I think that maybe they'll bring up the issue as far as trying to change procedure, trying to close that loophole that's in the CBA. Yeah, so I, don't... I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think you can do that without uh, going right into a new CBA, which is um, I think three or f- three years away. Yeah. So I mean, once you once you sign a CBA and it's all approved, you can't really make any changes until the next one. Unfortunately, I could be wrong too. You know, as a as a Bruins fan, I love the idea of him maybe coming here because you know there's going to be spots. I mean, the kid's a six foot three, two hundred and ten pound center with obvious uh, offensive skill. What I don't understand on his part is if you look at the situation in Nashville, you got Johansson now as a number one center there. The, the kid's legit. And, you know, DC would have been able to, you know, slot in as the second or third line uh, center. Yeah, uh, and he could have played He could have played this year yeah. and gotten enough games to be eligible for the playoffs and, and, and still played at a top six role. As a, as a as a walk-in, right? You know, I mean that it's a, it, it's a lot to give up, and you know, I'm playing both sides of the coin on on the on on this on the topic. Same here. So I mean, I mean, good for the kid for making the decision that he wants to play either closer to family or closer to home. Yeah. But you know, wow, I mean, kind of feel bad for David Poyle in Nashville. Agreed. But, but you know, I mean, and you have to look at it this way too: is it, if he does, whoever he signs with in August, 
give up all that he did. He must really want to play where he's going to sign. Yeah. So, eh, hopefully that'll bode well for us. So, uh, speaking of young players, I don't have the list on me, but um, uh, as the NCAA tournament dwindles down to its final Frozen Four, a lot of players have been uh, available uh, in the free agent market. And some have been signed, such as uh, defenseman Rob O'Gara from Yale, yeah. uh, Matt Grizzlick from BU. I can't wait to see him. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, who else? Corolti. Who? Don Corolti, the kid that they got for... Uh, Sean Curley. 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 Yeah, Thank you. that's all right. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen him in Providence yet, so we'll see what happens. Uh, even if he, even if he does play with Providence, he's ineligible for the playoffs. Um, and that's it. We missed out on Tanev though, huh? Yeah, I thought they were putting a, making a big push on him. He signs with Winnipeg of all the teams. And one year. Yeah. I, I thought for sure he was going to, uh, the Bruins were going to go after him. And maybe he didn't want an entry level because he, he didn't sign a one-year deal with Winnipeg on an entry level. That's, I, I, I believe you, I believe entry levels are at least two years. Right. So I, that might be a, a, one, a one-year, two-way deal when in, well, that's an, that's an entry level too. With the eligibility of getting called up, I gotta look into it. Like we said, we're not we're not perfect. No, definitely not. We're human. Right. But yeah, I, I mean, the Bruins. Uh, I thought we were gonna definitely go after him. What a surprise that they he signs with Winnipeg, but apparently Winnipeg's the place to go. Yeah, if you don't mind uh, minus thirty uh, degree temperatures every night. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Um. But uh, just to go on, my, my, my experience of the games that I saw uh, in Providence uh, this weekend, um, uh, Brendan, uh, Brendan Carlo has been a healthy scratch since joining the Providence Bruins um, last weekend. This weekend, he got into a game on Friday night, and uh, it, honestly, in my opinion... He looked lost. He looked uncomfortable. Uh, I understand that it's his first game at the you know the minor pro level, and there's room for adjustments. Um, I, I hopefully I, I I really hope this kid really steps it up, because again, and I know I've said it in the past podcasts. Um, I've seen 30, 35 games this year when he was with Tri City. And I didn't. I just didn't get the hype, but I'm willing. I'm willing to stick with it and watch him through the development. But um, on Friday night, when he did not have the puck, he looked like he was three steps behind and kind of leaving some pretty decent. Although the scoring chances didn't happen, there was that chance it could happen. Right. So, like I said, I'm going to give him time. It's only one game, but um, with 
uh, last night's game, he was a healthy scratch again, which gave an opportunity for young uh, Rob Ogara to get in into the lineup. And I got to tell you, I was impressed. He wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the greatest. But he was so strong in front of that crease. He was moving players out. The ones that were trying to make havoc for Zane McIntyre, which um, I thought played awful last night. Um he he played good in the in the first period and half of the second and then everything just fell apart and the Providence Bruins end up losing in the shootout four to three, but um yeah I I like I like what I see from Ogara in the first game, um uh, great potential. Yeah, I mean he's pretty much projected to be you know a third pairing stay at home defenseman. He's a big kid, definitely physical, plays a strong heavy game. Um. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I think he, uh, you know, when, he, when we drafted him originally, he was thought to have been a project. And, uh, you know, worked his butt off in college and, and got better. And, you know, he's going to make a, you know, he'll hopefully have a good camp this summer. And who knows? I got so those, those exit interviews at the end of the playoffs are going to be important to these kids. You know, the ones that listen, you'll see it in uh, development camp and, and maybe even training camp. You know, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. It remains to be seen if um, if Grizzlick gets um, an opportunity this afternoon as the Providence Bruins uh, again play the Hershey Bears, this time in Hershey. Uh, I think it's in Hershey. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I'd like to see that. I'm definitely going to be watching that game. And I, I, I got to tell you, if you look at the, at the depth – Defense has been an issue all season. Correct. And you know that, and, and, and so many other Bruin, intelligent Bruins fans know that defense has been kind of horrendous. Yep. But, Erratic. Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, better choice of words than mine. But when you think about that, and you look down the depth chart, and you look at the future, and you look at the time, right around the time that Dennis Seidenberg and Zdeno Chara are possibly going to be exiting yeah. because their contracts are going to be over. You look at that depth chart, man. I'm telling you, there's some there's some people that are going to be fighting for those two jobs. And I got to tell, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what I see so far in the in the in the in the lower development of the the Canadian Hockey League, and as they transition their game into the the minor pro. And with some uh, good summer camps, some you know some strong training, there's a couple players that could come in there at a low cap hit, be effective. Yeah. I'm happy. I mean, I, I hate to say that you know they're not they're not doing so good now, but I like what I see for the future. Me too. Me too. There's, there's so much depth in the, in the pipeline right now, and. You know, and, and it's nice to see that there there's almost like a plan unfolding before our eyes, and that's great. That's very important. That's something that Shirelli and Wyatt Smith weren't able to do. They were horrible. Now that Gretzky's on and, you know, you have Sweeney involved and things, I mean, there's a plan in place. And that's important. That's very, very important, you know. It almost makes a bridge year like this year kind of worth it in a way, 
Because now every year you just get those rotten pieces off the core and add new pieces, new younger, faster, better pieces. Right. What we have in the pipeline right now. Definitely. I, 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 it's good to look at. I mean, like I said earlier, it's not, it's not, you know, the Bruins are just struggling to stay above water and they've been pretty much doing that all season. I mean, obviously, lately, it's been a little better. I mean, they have gotten to the first place in the Atlantic and they, for a cup of coffee, I believe, for a day or two. And then, you know, the roller coaster south happened. It was good to see Krejci the other night going to beast mode. I mean, this guy... First four-point game of his career. Yeah, Can I mean, you believe guy, that? He's unbelievable. He really is. That, that's a stat that I thought he would have years ago made unreal be careful with the unbelievable comment i know I you, can, you can send all your hate text to derek davecchio at... <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i i mean i'm not going to beat the crazy horse much you know i mean he is what he is he's 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 not your stamkos he's not your taves and he's not your whoever he's just a complimentary guy that Happens to make a lot of money and pretty and does a decent job at his, at, at what he does. Correct. So you know, I mean, beat on him for only having sixteen goals or whatever he has, and he's not forty yet by now. That's not his game. Definitely not. Get over it. He's a playmaker. I mean, that's his job. That's what he does. And he can slow the game down with the best of them. And I get the I get the argument that there are other playmakers out there that are posting up bigger numbers too, but you know that's that's I I guess you could say that's the parody of the league. Yeah, but you know what? When we have our two-headed monster at center, him and Bergie on their game, we're a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams in this league. God, I love Bergeron. Yeah, me too. What a great player. He compliments any fucking. Oh wow, I'm sorry. He, compl- he I, we don't swear, and I apologize. I mean, I mean, we talk, we say shit, and we say bullshit, and I mean that's that's acceptable. But I'm sorry, I went overboard on that one. Yeah, but you know, when it comes to Bergeron and, and talking about his game, and the guy's amazing, you know, and I, and I almost put him in the same class as like that old school group of just character, basically type of players that make everyone around them better, like Ron Francis and Joe Sackick. Mark Recchi and, and just a long line of players. Uh, he's just one of those guys. He's just special. You know, and, and here in Bruins Nation, we're very lucky because we get to see him for 80-some-odd games a year. And just the things that he does away from the puck. I mean, we, to really appreciate Bergeron, you have to watch him. Not only, you know, in the offensive zone, forget about points, but just things that he does like one of the plays that he made the other night um on the penalty kill he came from the offensive zone all the way back and put the puck away from one of their skaters and it was just an amazing play but the guy just does everything again you know i can't wait to someday look at his number up in the rafters because you know that it's going to be that it has to be well, he's 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 a uh, prototypical three zone player. Yep. Um, 
he can put the puck in the net. He can dish it out. He can be on the power play. He can uh, be a service on the penalty kill. Uh, I mean, obviously, my favorite part of any game on you know any Bruins team is is your goal scoring. But if if you look at the you know the other attributes that he contributes, I I, I love his forechecking game. You know, the guy's just out there and hustles and just, you know, a constant. Um, he just shows how the game's supposed to be played. Great. You know, and the you way. Know, yeah, definitely. And, you know, you can sit there and, and he does put up points. He really does. I mean, he's got, what, 30 goals again? I believe this is a career year for him. Yeah. But the other thing that you have to really look at about his game is goal prevention. Yeah. That's an area that he just, he's the best there is. Him, Kays, and Datsu, there's no better than them. Right. Yeah, and you just exemplified it right there uh, just a little while ago with what you said about um, his play off the puck. You know, that's uh, that's huge. He's got a, he's a, a huge defensive forward. I mean, he's got that warrior mentality. And, you know, you hope that some of these kids that are, coming up and, and playing with them like Bertrano and Achari and these other kids develop that warrior mentality. I mean, that's one thing that that 2011 team, I hate to go back to that, but that's one thing that a lot of those guys had. Don't, don't, Bergeron does. don't hate to go back to anything championship. Express your feelings. That was a great year. Agreed. Agreed. But you know, again, you know, you want, how do I say this? As we, get better as these kids develop want these kids to have that warrior mentality that will to win i mean that is that's what you need and you know if you just listen to this guy in practice and, and then just emulate him you know that's a for these kids for sure you know? for sure he's definitely i mean <clears throat> here's a question i've been wanting to ask for i don't know seven weeks now eight weeks now but it, i just haven't had the time to slot it in because um, we do try to make this an hour show possibly less but do you think that he would have this much success if he was the captain yes yes i do now um you know again early on when you know, how do I say this? Back when when Thornton got traded, he didn't want the captain to see on his jersey. That's pretty much why Shara came in here and became the captain. That's he, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, not only that, but he didn't really, he wasn't as bilingual as he is now. And that was a lot of it had to do with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, is, he would be the perfect captain. I mean, you say what you want. I know there's a C on Shara's jersey, and I don't want to diminish his success because he's been great as captain. But, you know, Bergeron, he's the A order of that team, of our team, the A order. He's the one that pumps the blood into our team. Well, no doubt about it. All right, here's, here's my thing on the whole Chara captain thing. Okay. Good job. He is a solid captain. I'm not going to I'm not gonna knock him. I'm not going to trash talk his efforts. And especially his efforts when, obviously, Bruins management at the time put that C on his chest. Correct. 
My thing about captaincy, and I'm pretty sure I'm, you know, there's a lot of people that can back me on this, is when you come into an organization, that C should be earned, yes. not given. Just because you're buddy-buddy with Mr. Shirelli, because your buddy-buddy was a general manager in Ottawa, you know, that stuff needed to be earned. And, and, and from day one, I was like, wow, what a slap in the face to some of these current Bruins players at the time that were on that team that were actually more deserving because they've had time already served. Great. So, and you know, I, I, Bergeron would have been the perfect choice. But then, then you play that fifty-fifty of is it too much pressure and what will it do to his game? You know, I mean, it happens throughout the league. It, it, it's all on how you take it. It's all on how you roll with it and and what kind of person you are with it. Right. Agreed. So, um, huh? I actually like the way we're doing this now. I'm not reading off of stat sheets anymore because I know how much people love my stats. Um, <laughs> I, myself. I am too. I, I, but you know, I, I, I get what people say. You know, when they, when they, the positive feedbacks, it's like you guys have really good got content and you know seem intelligent enough, which is surprising to hear. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but I wonder uh, if my wives would uh, concur with that. Well, yeah. Hey, they they love what we're doing. I mean, I I I have a ton of support from my wife Courtney. Um, you know, she's you know, you guys, are you and Derek getting together on Sunday? Yep, yep. That's that's the way it's gonna go. And you know, it, it's pretty good that you know I have support from home and and um, a lot of people uh, that I work with and uh, and that. Just a lot of people that listen and, and I talk to every day about hockey. It's been awesome. And you know, you know, and again, I concur. Same thing with my wife. She's always been there and loves what I do, and, and that's great. You know, she's a big help. But you know, again, with all the groups that I'm in and and all the people that we know personally in, in Bruins Nation, we're very, very lucky with so many good posters out there. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you got your share of ones that are so-so and okay, but. You know, uh, we're very lucky to have guys like, you know, Dan Keeley and Rob Tomlin and, and Rabinovitz that, that follow us, that listen to our podcast. And these guys are wonderful, really, really good posters. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I have people at work that, um, that listen to uh, the podcast on a weekly basis. And, you know, they're always, always got good, good, positive feedback and. That means a lot. It really means a lot. It, it, it's drive for me, and, and I know it's drive for you to hear stuff like that. So, absolutely. You know, it's. Uh, I just love doing. It. I love sitting here talking hockey with somebody that I really enjoy. You know, you know, we've we've been to a, a Providence Bruins game. We went on a scouting mission uh, earlier this year, and great time. Yeah, it. yeah, it was awesome. And Definitely. you know, I'm glad you're aboard. Same so. here, my friend. So, um, I don't know where to go with this. Uh, the, uh, the baby bees, they are doing good. Um, they, they went on an, a seven game road trip that spanned, um, two and a half weeks. 
It was a long time away from home, and their first home game was last night against Hershey. So, uh, good to have them back at home. Um, you know, wish they were winning, but they they have a game today at three, uh, and they don't have a very good road record. But lately, it's been good. It, it, they've been sparking at a good time. So. I don't know. Do you want to end this now? Sounds good to me. All right, man. Well, that was a good, good episode. Uh, a lot of good, good uh, discussion. Uh, go bees today. Definitely. I hope they beat the shit out of Chicago because I want to go into work tomorrow and be positive for the upcoming week of home games that are, you know, going to be nail biters, but right down to the stretch. I can't wait to go head to head on Twitter with uh, CM Punk, ex WWE wrestler, who's a huge Blackhawks fan and loves to support his team on Twitter. So, kind of hoping I can throw that wet blanket on him on Twitter. Uh, send me some nuggets. I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> I um, are you going? Uh, are you doing Sports Exchange tonight on WATD? Uh, I'm not too sure yet. I'm kind of hoping. Um, I kind of go week to week with those guys, and uh, you know they have a lot of callers that call in. So yeah, I, I listen. I listen um, almost every week when I get your reminders because um, my mind's going in, in a thousand different directions. But uh, the guys dub it uh, W A T D. Is it what's the number again, Derek? Uh, the number is uh, well, it's ninety five point nine W A T D. Um, you can listen online. Um, those guys, they, they cover pretty much everything. Uh, yeah, they, local stuff down here. Yeah, they do have a very good um, sports program from, I believe it's 5 to 7. It is. And, uh, yeah, they're down in the South Shore of Massachusetts, and uh, they, they do a really good job. They, and they cover a lot of um, uh, younger uh, high school sports, which is uh, important to get coverage. You know, well, the station down here has been around forever. They've been doing high school football games, which are huge around here. You know, the Thanksgiving games and everything for, geez, at least 40 years. Yeah, good stuff. All right, my friend. Well, thank you for another awesome week. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And well, we'll be back next week as um, we will have our season-ending show and hopefully a positive discussion about the playoffs. Sounds getting good to me. Looking forward to it. Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> Don't talk playoffs. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you again, everybody, and take care. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.